Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Egg Chasers. Welcome to the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Uh, we love rugby. Actually, can we just hold up? JB's here already. Hello, Timothy. Can we just hold off a minute? Phil's just... Look at him humbly clearing snow out of the rugby dungeon, making I, sure we can record. Well, I mean, it's amazing that he brought snow with him to put in the dungeon to clear. <laughs> so humble, Phil. Always humble, mate. Always clearing snow and sweeping up the change rooms with my brush the wrong way round. <laughs> and getting your missus to post it on Instagram. And putting tape in the bin and <laughs> everything. So <laughs> humble. Exactly. Right, this weekend we're going to get into some domestic rugby, looking ahead to the Six Nations, uh, talking about the fact that how it's been, it's been a heartening weekend, not just for the humble antics of rugby players, coaches and things like that, sweeping snow, using your, your, your 4x4 car as a makeshift ambulance in South Wales. Amazing. As JD was. Um, it's also been heartening for Quinns fans. They know there's someone even worse than them now, categorically, <laughs> after today. <laughs> we watched this game. Um, yeah, uh, it was it was grim. It was, yeah. it was it grim? We'll come back to it. Yeah, this yeah, uh, wasn't great. Some teams are, are on a downward trajectory, some on an up. Um, so yeah, we'll be taking a look over that. It's also getting quite excited. It's uh, this time next week, we will be relieved. <laughs> <laughs> yes, having completed a live podcast in Madrid with a crowd of. Who, however many people at various stages of inebriation. If you make it to the final podcast, I mean, we've got 250 travellers, 250 tourists, that if we get 250 to last still, from still Friday, standing, Saturday, yeah. and then finally get there on Sunday, fair play, boys. Fair play. Uh, yeah. It, it, well, we're looking forward to it very, very much, and Spain uh, are, are, are on the verge of history Tell you what, no, as that's, well. So that's the cool part. So if Spain qualify, presumably somewhere, there is going to be a party which we need well, to attend. They won't qualify officially next week. Uh, will, will they not? Not will unless, not unless done, Romania lose and Spain win with a bonus point. And Romania are playing... Romania are playing, Phil. Uh, give me two seconds. <laughs> I'm just Come on, oh, Phil. No, it's, it's, we demand stats on demand with Belgium you. Belgium or Russia? Uh, they played Russia so, this weekend. So it's Belgium, championship. Uh, Romania playing Belgium. Yep, who had a handy win over Germany, who yes. uh, shattered themselves from last year, which is a shame. 
Yeah, anyway, yeah, which is interesting. The yeah. German. We, we've received a couple of good messages on this from uh, a chap called Dennis Frank. Yeah, uh, who knows his German rugby, and it's all to do with uh, Hans Wild, who That's sounds cool. like sounds like a porn star. He is, but he's actually an eccentric uh, former lawyer billionaire. Yeah, now he's the owner of Orangina, is he not? Uh, no, Capricorn. Oh, that's the same thing, isn't it? Orangina's <laughs> Toulon. So, yeah. Yes, you're right, it is. Uh, I, th- I believe he's also the owner of Stade Francais. He is, that is correct. Wow. And he's he's got his finger in multiple fingers in multiple <laughs> pies. Um, but Then you've got hands wild. <laughs> exactly. Has anyone, has anyone ever seen the film Foxcatcher? I've yes. not seen it yet. Yeah, watch it, watch it, and then imagine rugby, and then imagine my future house. <laughs> <laughs> but Hans Wild is, is basically, from what I can tell, from uh, Dennis's messages and from the the bits I can piece together online, he seems to be basically holding the German uh, rugby federation to ransom by f- uh, refusing to release his pay- players without a two thousand euro per player per game. Uh, bonus to him so okay I think there's more to this than meets the eye and I don't know the details but the reason I think there's more to it than meets the eye is if you're an eccentric billionaire who has invested God knows I mean have you seen the the Germany training centre I've not no it's amazing well it's not amazing it's very very good right and it's one of those success stories which is slowly building so I don't think you invest in German rugby for the profit motive no well but also you don't make billions unless you are aware of um, turning a profit and such uh, uh, investment and I, mean, I just think like uh, if uh, I don't understand if it's stad I don't understand you know I'd, but even like Bougela yeah he'd love to make a profit it doesn't strike me as it his that is his main goal at Toulon same with Bruce Craig yeah it's interesting because so I've I've referenced this on the the podcast a few times but I've read a brilliant book a couple of years ago called Soconomics yeah and that talks obviously it's about football, but very few football clubs ever make a profit, mm. um, despite the fact that it's generally billionaires or certainly multi multi millionaires uh, taking over them, and they seem to partly be able to run them as a loss because um, people are always interested in doing business outside of football yes. with the person who owns a football club. I can club. completely see that. So it actually, it's it's a boost on other businesses, even while the, the football club as a standalone doesn't necessarily boost it. Right, looking at what we've seen this weekend, and I'm wondering if it links with the whole turning a profit thing. I wonder if money was the motivator in London Irish letting Blair Cowan go to Saracens. He's joined on loan till the end of the season. Um, I, I think some people have looked at this and thought well that's London Irish throwing the towel in certainly didn't seem like that from their performance against Wasps today yeah, you... I wanted to ask about this how much has Blair Cowan been playing because when I heard this I thought this is terrible and I mentioned this to you and I felt and you're like yeah. well then he's not been playing so he's been the... on the bench or what's the big whoop yeah so well it... I'd say the big whoop is he's uh, this I, I would imagine I don't know but I, I I'm just guessing there's something going on behind the scenes because him not playing doesn't add up to me He's he's one of the, he's one of if not yeah, the best I'm player. Completely with you, but um, if he's not been picked anyway, I mean I don't know. Are Irish getting a fee for him? You assume uh, so. Well, they're not paying his wages. Yeah, uh, and Connor Gilson and um, you know promising youngster, but he's not Blair Cowan. Was there seven today? So it's um, it's, it's a really odd one. I can understand why London Irish fans are are disappointed. I can understand why Saracens fans are quite pleased because with all the players that they're missing, they've got someone of experience there. Yeah, and. When me and Jay were talking about it the other day, 
He's experienced fitting into multiple different systems. He's played in New Zealand. He's yep. played for Scotland many times, and he's obviously experienced in the Premiership. And he's experienced fitting into different systems, mm. which is key for Saracens. It is. And it'll be a good signing, actually. I think a bit of a change of scenery as well. Yeah, going to from the worst club to one of the best. Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> he might be a great signing, actually. Yeah, it could be. Could be uh, another story this week that everyone seems to be talking about quite a lot is this George North situation. Yeah. We can get into the specifics of the games in a little bit, but just on the George North situation. So uh, after the game, Alan Gaffney was asked by. Um, a reporter at BBC Northampton. So where was George North today? Can I just say, BBC Northampton get some great little sound bites. They had a good one from Tom Wood not so long ago. Yeah, I think there are the old traditional clubs like Gloucester, like Leicester, like Northampton have great relationships with their local radio station and, and, and they do a lot of stuff. Well, uh, I can say that our local club does not have a good relationship with the no. BBC. Well, the BBC just don't care. No, of course. <laughs> and why would you when... You've got United and City. And, yeah. You know, you you could. Uh, it would take how? In fact, in the whole season, how many games would it take at the AJ Bell to get the attendance of one Manchester United game? Uh, oh, that's a good question. Fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. So right. a whole season's well, worth of home games. A whole season's worth of home games <laughs> yeah. for one Manchester United game. Not only that. Yeah. If you don't think Sale are up against it, think about the the local paper, the MEN. Make an absolute fortune from the football, rightly so, because people all around the world tune into their. United yeah. and City coverage. Yeah. yeah. And then I think that they had two reads of um, like George, a sale. So George North, uh, how do we read this? So Alan Gaffney, so uh, let, me, let me get the exact quote here. Uh, where is George North today? Alan Gaffney said, I'm disappointed he wasn't there. Um, oh, he said you... Oh, no, what, what, so I've got the quote here. Oh, well, thank you, Phil. So uh, this is Gaffney's direct quote. It's a pretty good question. So this is when, yeah. he asked, when asked why... Sale wasn't in, sorry. North wasn't involved against Sale. So it's a pretty good question, and it's a very difficult one to answer at this moment in time. You'd probably have to ask George. We picked a side that actually wanted to be out on the pitch, and the best side for Northampton. I haven't spoken to George personally about it, but I'm just disappointed he wasn't here. Hmm. <sighs> right. I, I'm I'm a little bit confused because what this has done is is George North copped a load of flack. Off yep. the back of this, we got no commitment. Where's his? Um, well, what's, what's your thoughts? Firstly, um, it, so he wasn't picked in the side. Nope. Um, and presumably he's in Wales. Well, or he's, he's been in Wales <laughs> allegedly, and this is a big allegedly, a, a huge allegedly. But allegedly, he's been talking to Wayne P- Pivak this, this this weekend and been in in Llanethly. Hmm. Huge, allegedly. It is, yeah, I was going to say, where's that from? <laughs> Secret source, mate. <laughs> right. It is. It's disappointing that he's. It's his his club playing at home in what is an important game for mm-hmm. them because they've not had many good results recently, and this was an opportunity for them to get one. So he should really have been there. Yeah. Should he? Well, that's I, it. I, that is I, I would, exactly I would right, say, Tim. I would say. So from what. Um, Alan Gaffney's saying he, he expects the players who aren't in the matchday squad to be there. Do you think Alan Gaffney understands international release windows? I would be amazed <laughs> if he doesn't. I mean, he's been around the block a bit. Um, but he hasn't, he hasn't been in Northampton very long. He wasn't here in the autumn. True. So uh, there is some confusion on this because when George North played 
for Wales, I think it was against Australia, pre-World Cup. Remember they had like a seeding game, didn't they? And Outside of an international window. That's right, yeah. And he played, and everyone kicked off, and then Northampton were fined, I think, £90,000. Well, Quinns were fined for Jamie Roberts. Yeah, similar sort of thing. And didn't that happen again? Yeah, so my understanding about the Northampton one was this was the first one, it was like a test case, and that fine that they paid covered... Talupe Falatau. He, he All his future windows. Well, um, Bath got fined because yeah. of him. So I, th- I think the deal is, Premiership Rugby say you're not allowed to have a clause in your contract saying that you are unavailable for your club... Yep. In off weeks during international windows. Yep. And unless you unless you're with England and then you're allowed, it's yep. da- it's Eddie Jones's discretion. Yep. Um but you're not allowed to with other unions. I think that's the situation. It seems a bit naff that, doesn't it? Well, you can understand it. Well, Premiership Rugby are there to help Aviva Premiership clubs yep. and have a relationship with the English RFU. So well, so you know, you- why not all I mean if you're the English Premiership and you want the best players, let's just forget the England part because I understand. Well, the... no, because the England part's absolutely intrinsically linked. Yeah, well, yes, it is because right? the academies are all part of that. It's all about the England team and about the Premiership clubs. Yeah, okay, so I, I get that, but there's like positive and negative here. So the positive that England and the Premiership have is England gets uh, to play their players in the Premiership. Premiership get world class players, so on and so forth. It doesn't strike me as a good business model to then go and upset all the other unions or make yep. it not advantageous for players to play yep, in your competition. There's a financial compensation for players that aren't available to clubs yeah. from the English RFU, and there isn't that relationship with the Welsh RFU, for example. So so the facts are, uh, playing at an English club, and the, 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 the situation is written down, it's in ink, and there's been l- legal cases, you, so, ca- you cannot... You cannot um, have a contract that that means you're exempt from games. Talupe Falatau has one. Bath t- uh, swallowed the fine. Uh, George North has one. Northampton swallow the fine. Yep. So then, why are Northampton now complaining when, during an international window, he's he's not available? Well, because- and also, it's is what, what's going on here? It's like it's not. I don't think this is George North's call, is it? Isn't it Warren Gatland's call? Well, it, it's very. I assume yeah. it is. You've, you've done a wonderful job of muddying the waters. Uh, in a way that a- you know, actually reflects the situation. Um, I, I, there, there is another side to this, of course. I do think George North also does not want to be there. That, that may well be the case. Yeah. I mean, I, I, actually, I don't he, doubt that. At the start of the season, he was completely disinterested. He actually, here's a little anecdote for, uh, uh, for you. He went to play against Sale in, in the A-team league not so long ago, like the second game, game of the season. And... The description of, you know, oh, what was it like? Because I think it's him and there's two other lads who are usual first-teamers. Do you know when the, the slide first started happening? Yeah. yeah. Uh, completely disinterested, did not want to be there. Really? Yeah, and I think that has kind of continued. Until recently, he was a bit more interested. But, you know, I wonder with George North, you look at some players, like, let's think of a small lad, like a, a, George, a George Ford, right? Yeah. George Ford must love rugby. Because if you don't love rugby and you're six foot, uh, sorry, and you're five foot ten or, what, or whatever it is, <laughs> and thirteen a, stone, yeah, it's a hard game to play. And I wonder if like, like George North is such a physical specimen. He's always, always he's always been expected to play, but never actually enjoys it quite that much because he doesn't seem like the sort of guy who relishes rugby. Uh, I have, yeah, I, I hear exactly what you're saying, JB. I've I've one thing to to add from my perspective to this, which is, um, do you think Alan Gaffney would have? even mentioned it or entertained the question or answered it in the way he did had Northampton not had an absolutely abject first half that caused a defeat 
uh, with, with a performance that their supporters do not deserve at home. Well, um, because because no no what I'm what I'm saying is it Mark McCall Rob Baxter Dean Richards I'm trying to think of other directors of rugby um, off the top of my head would not have answered that question they would have said we, we put a team out that that um, and <clears throat> that was the team we selected and we're disappointed in performance throwing the spotlight onto George North I thought yeah. was regardless of what you yeah. think of George North's uh, commitment I thought it was a really rubbish move personally. yeah because George North I mean George North isn't going to stop De- Dennis Solomona. Um, yeah, I, com- I completely agree. I-, I think that's probably the most surprising bit out of all of this. Whether George North should or shouldn't have been there contractually or otherwise. Or what, what, what Warren Gatlin's thoughts on the situation yeah. are. Yeah. Taking all that out of the. Su- take it all that away. Alan Gaffney basically threw in one of his most high profile players, if not his most high, fo- high profile player, under the bus is probably the most surprising and. Probably the worst thing about this whole incident. Do, do that if your team plays really well. Say you could like make it. If, if Northampton had played brilliantly and won, say you know what we won. We I was thinking about selecting George North, but he wasn't interested. But I'm really proud in, in what the boys did. It just it's the wrong way around to do yeah, it. I'm even, with you. Even, I was even gonna, then though, I yeah, mean, I know it's still throwing them under the bus. Yeah. But what I'm saying is doing it off the back of a bad defeat. I just I, uh, yeah. I don't like it. It's really bad. Also, Gaffney's only there for six months, isn't he? So he's got to get. Until results. Chris Boyd yeah. comes in. Pretty much instantly. Mm. And I'm thinking, like, it, was it that wrong? Well, if there's a culture in the club that the lads don't care and they're not trying hard enough, you know, maybe you do make an example of your highest paid player, especially if you're never going to use him mm. ever again and he's not interested anyway. Well, why not? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm just kind of thinking of all sides of it. Can I just add one more thing to the George North saga, which is not related to this? I would not be surprised if George North has... One of the largest pay cuts in modern rugby history <laughs> when he finally signs his, his his new deal. So, I just look in. He signed for Northampton in 2013. 320, I'm guessing. Uh, well, I don't know what it was. Yeah. Um, but that was just that was immediately post Lions. Wow. So his stock could never have been higher. Yeah. Uh, and his stock has only fallen since then, in, so, in my mind. And in reality, that probably means money will stay relatively flat. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe he moves for... No, like, can you imagine any of the Welsh regions paying that amount? I know he's got the got the dual contract, and what does the dual contract pay? Is it 60 or 40%? I can't, I can't even remember. I don't know. But, you know, it's, so, it's a large amount. But which of the regions can, you know, shell out that sort of cash? Yeah. And the, so the other thing is, they can only, my understanding is, the WRU will make what they deem to be a market offer. Love it. So they should really wait, f- speak to Northampton yeah. to make an offer, if anyone does, and then just match that. Yeah. That is then a market offer. He feels like a Worcester player at the moment. Big name, <laughs> declining. <laughs> yeah. Or oh, maybe Bath, something like that. Um, yeah, I understand he's signed the dual contract, but not the club contract. Okay, so he's going to be shopping around. Unless Dragons come up with a big, big offer for him, can I yeah. can I say the player that because um, George North, you can talk about commitment or not. That the player that I'm really, really disappointed in this weekend again, and I have been disappointed for the, the past few weekends. Greg Bateman, <laughs> he should be outlawed that props can shift in the way he can shift. Especially, he did it again today. Another wonder try from a prop, especially looking the way he does. Yeah, he looks like a traditional. Solid roly poly prop, but he's got some explosive. And pace. I tell you what, he's worth a lot of money as well. Yeah, because he plays across the front row. Yeah, so he's got the. I don't know if, if this is official now. The sixty percent, the sixty percent of all what was it, sixty percent bump from uh, 
cross-positional playing. Oh. I just think um, we've said it before, and it, it should be the mantra for props. The well, no, that's the more Max Laheith. Max Laheith is that props should be in shape, and that shape should be round. Greg Bateman actually is round; he's yeah. solid as hell. Yeah. But but he's just this skill set is unreal. Brilliant, yeah. yeah. He was exceptional. So yeah, he was he was exceptional, and I'm very disappointed about it. Front row should not <laughs> should not behave like this. Correct. You'll be pleased that uh, Max Laheith, who you just mentioned. Was on for less than thirty seconds. He was he uh, before getting yellow carded <laughs> for just just looking too good. <laughs> good, glad <laughs> justice. To hear it. Yeah. Speaking of um, refereeing decisions and such, uh, it was an interesting refereeing decision of Nigel Owens to go on television doing an impression of Nick Knowles. Not seen it, so I have heard descriptions of it. This whole thing has passed me by. I so, don't know what's going on. Okay, so after the England Scotland game, I don't know whether Nick Knowles had been drinking, um, but he went on a massive rant at so, Nigel Owens last week. Sorry, before we continue, there is something going on with Nick Knowles because he frequently stars or is named, I think, by Tom by Tom Shanklin. Frequently, is there some sort of ongoing banter about Nick Knowles and his album? Because well, yeah, he has one of the worst albums of all time. If that's, <laughs> that's I've not released that, mine yet. That's uh, that, <laughs> uh, well, you'll be an esteemed company. So Nick Knowles released an album for some reason. He, he's a big rugby fan. I think he's a Quinns fan. I don't know or Bath. I don't know one of the two. Born in London, I think so, it might be Quinns. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he was he was tweeting about the calling Nigel Owens a cheat and or how he's. His decisions were clearly just trying to get even after the England Wales game. I hate that. that, that uh, yeah. Nigel Owens responded. They went. They had a bit of back and forth. Loads. Of, Nick Knowles was ridiculously replying to Welsh fans. It, it just uh, in, in ridiculous doing? fashion. Yeah. And then Nigel Owens went on television doing a send-up sketch on S4C of Nick Knowles. S4C Look, look quite... it, looking like Bob the Builder. Was it S4C or? S Pedro, uh, um, or maybe maybe not, not maybe not S four C. Maybe it was Scrum Five. I don't know. On some show, he he did a sketch as Nick Knowles, and I don't know. A hilarious I, sketch, no, no doubt, watched by five people. And I've got a lot of time. Got a lot of time for him. I'm not sure I want to see international referees doing sketches on TV. Sketches where he's kind of getting back with for someone who he's had beef with yeah, about his refereeing decisions. Yeah. That doesn't feel right. If you want to do a, f- a funny sketch, do a funny sketch about Eddie Butler, because that would actually be funny. <laughs> like, do something about the comments. Obviously, you can't do anything about the games, because that makes you look like... Yeah, you, know, you can't be biased But actually, he could like do that. something rather funny about, you know, Brian Moore. I mean, there's 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 tons of comedy gold related to Brian Moore. Nick Knowles, who knows about Nick Knowles? Here's, here's um, Nigel Owens. Like, I don't know, you take his this isn't soccer line, and you get him, I don't know... Uh, people fighting outside a bar. Nigel Owens comes in. This isn't soccer. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. That was a really sh- t- rubbish example. Well, no, no, you can imagine not- it on. You can imagine it on the fast show or something. It isn't a rubbish example. And do you know why? Because maybe if Nigel Owens was around Manchester Oxford Road the other day, that line might have <laughs> yes. worked nicely. It's almost like we Good. planned that segue. Good segue. Yeah, Oxford Road Station. I-, I don't know why Eddie Jones was getting off at Manchester Oxford Road Station. I know why. Uh, well, because the Edinburgh line. Oh no, I don't know. No, because it stops at Oxford Road and then it stops at Piccadilly. So yeah. I think he he yeah. just was it stopping Piccadilly at Oxford Road. He thought I think he got off at the wrong one. No, no, because United car yeah, was, yeah was he had a car waiting for him there. Yeah, presumably. Well, it, he called his car and said, I, "I've got off at the wrong one. Come here." And that's why he had to wait a couple of minutes because the car clearly wasn't waiting oh, for him. Oh yeah. Oh no, I, no, I, maybe I, it was. I tell you what, some of the worst scenes I've I've ever seen from 
well, basically from any situation ever. I mean, it was a humanitarian disaster what happened to him. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the outrage about this was was spectacularly outrageous. So, yeah, if you, I'm sure you've seen the video. If you yeah. haven't already, it was a couple of beard up, a few beard up Scots who were just giving him a bit of stick. They, yeah. they, um, they did when he was in the car. They did call him an unsavoury word, which I won't repeat. Yeah, they did. You know, so my view on this is it isn't great, right? But there's there's loads of different. There's, I'm not in any way defending it, and this is a horrible society that we live in. That I have to say, well, I'm not defending. I'm not defending drunken yobs. I'm not defending drunken yobs, right? But different things, different circumstances are effectively different. So you know, if I saw, for, I'll give you an example, David Flatman, and gave him a rather stern slap on the back and said, hi, David, how are you? That's very different to going up to, to the back of an 80-year-old pensioner walking down some stairs, giving him the same force of slap on the back and w- watching him tumble down. Th- this guy is an England rugby coach. And if I'm a hammered Scot on, on a train, <laughs> I might be forgiven for thinking he can take a bit of banter. But he looked like an intimidated octogenarian and shuffled into a car like he's a US president. Um, it, it was bizarre, absolutely bizarre. I can't help thinking that if you handled it a bit differently, that would not have occurred. Well, the 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 thing that I was disappointing was this was this was clearly an effort on Eddie Jones's part to be quite affable and. Do you think? And well, yeah, because he was he was he, he travelled in standard class. He said. Yeah, but I mean, you don't deserve a medal for that. No, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> saying you deserve a medal, but he, that must have been a conscious choice because a, we, yeah, a weekend, upgra- a weekend upgrade's only twenty quid. Yeah, and also on those <laughs> Edinburgh trains, they are the um, that it isn't worth the first class. No, you just get that little box, don't you? You just yeah, get that little box. It's just not, it's just but not you do right. avoid a load of drunken. No, can I just say <laughs> rugby fans? Can I just say this bit? Um, Apparently, so my, my my little synopsis of what happened there is a little bit unfair because we only see the we only see the station bit. Apparently, it did start before in the train. On and the train. About that bit, I can't possibly comment. But if it's just that one yeah. little bit, I'll go. You know what? Get on with it. Yeah. So I mentioned he, he travelled standard class. I think it was that was clearly a, an effort to, to, and the fact he stood and even if he had been getting some stick on the train and then he still stood and took photos outside. Yeah. It was. I think it was an effort to be. And you see the way he was very magnanimous after the game. Yeah, I think it possibly he, it might have been a conscious choice. I'm not going to be a dick, and I'm going to I'm going I'm going to pose for pictures. I'm going to travel standard class. I'm going to take a bit of uh, banter, um, and I'm going to rise above after we've lost. I, I think that might have been what was going on, and it and it's, it's, a sh- it's a shame that it ended the way it did. It's interesting that you see it like that because I see him has been very very cold. I I was thinking like other people in rugby who I've met and you know rugby in general is a game of big characters and the England rugby coach particularly with his persona you'd almost expect him to say oh hi guys uh, how are you what are your names uh, sorry I've, I've got to rush my taxis here but he just looks intimidated and that's the well, weird thing about the whole thing we, we, because it went on in, on the train yeah and we if don't it's train, know what's happened yeah. Yeah. I mean me and you were on that train to Glasgow oh, my a God. few weeks ago with a very intoxicated Glaswegian chap Mm. Uh, singing both Celtic and Rangers songs, yeah, yeah, and talking about 
injecting drugs into himself. Yes. Where on himself? His, and his parents' <laughs> genitalia. Yeah. And I must, I must say... <laughs> Sorry, inje- d- so injecting drugs into his parents' genitalia or talking about his parents' genitalia? Yeah. Uh, talking about injecting drugs into his own genitalia, <laughs> but talking about his parents' <laughs> <Yeah>. genitalia. <laughs> uh, if, I'll be honest, if I wasn't... Yeah, and they were the sober ones, Tim. <laughs> well, if I, if I wasn't with you on that train... If I was on my own, and if I was a fifty-five-year-old man like Eddie Jones, I would be would have been pretty intimidated. Yeah. in that situation. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it it, it, it isn't good. It shouldn't have happened. Just but, as almost yeah. like a social experiment. Did either of you or did anyone say to him, "Hey, come on, fella, settle you know, down"? I tell you what, nearly happened. He, he nearly got kicked off the train. He did, or yeah. you did? No, no he, he did. did. He nearly got kicked off the train twice. To which I would have. At that at that point, I would have actually stood up for him and said, "Come on, he's only shouting." I mean, the <laughs> the consequences of leaving a, a drunk man on a on a station in the minus conditions when all he's doing is shouting seems to be uh, not really worth kicking off off a train for. Yeah, he was never actually threatening anyone. He was just a yeah. bit a, a bit annoying. He certainly didn't call anyone a baldy, whatever it was. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, and the, the last weird thing on this was apparently it continued on a different train down to Manchester, uh, down to London. Did it? Well, See, if he was getting on a train down to London, he definitely got off at the wrong station. Yeah. And he had to call a car to get him no, a he quarter of a mile across Manchester. Oxford Road to United, and then the next day... He oh, went, yeah, because he went to see Alex Ferguson, didn't yeah, he? Piccadilly to... Um, uh, getting off at Oxford Yeah, and apparently it continued. So I, I guess those lads were following him. <laughs> I don't know. Well, at least he met a nice Scott in Alex Ferguson. Uh, what in his time in Manchester? Yeah. Oh, by, by, by the way, if you want to see a man who deals with um, a lot of abuse, a lot of times <laughs> from a lot of people, Alex Ferguson probably have a chat to him. Uh, yeah, he's probably a good man. But then I can't imagine Alex Ferguson going on, uh, well, not not only standard class, going on a train. So he would, he would have taken a helicopter or private jet. Well, I was once on a train from Manchester to London and sat opposite Ian Dowie, and only <laughs> only the last like. Half hour, we struck up conversation. I pretended not to know who he was, but it's hard not to know who Ian Dowie is. <laughs> yeah, I've done the same with Mark Hughes. I've once had I can I can vouch that Alex Ferguson travels by a helicopter because I've once had to stop playing golf so he could land on the seventeenth green <laughs> oh. in a helicopter. So I was playing. I, I I managed to blag me and a mate around at Mere Golf Club, which Steve Diamond's house backs onto. Well, I'm glad you oh. mentioned Steve Diamond because I was about to go there next. Uh, and uh, and we someone just came out and said, "Sorry, you're gonna have to stop there. You can't take." I was, I was gonna. Take a nice little chip approach onto the seventeenth green. They went, "What? You got no? You, you can't play? Sorry, we, we've, we've straight into we've, the we've left got a visitor." <laughs> and then you just heard this helicopter come down. Fergie walked out straight to the bar so where I, there was a re- bottle of red waiting for him. So of I'm course. not sure if Fergie, if that's Fergie's helicopter, but they do travel in the helicopters quite a lot. And you know whose helicopter it usually is? Uh, as I understand it, is uh, Jed Mason who is owns he a, a race, helicopter. Is he a racehorse? No, he's, a, he's the owner of Sale. Oh, right. So there's Jed and there's Simon Orange. Mm. And when they... Uh, so Sale have got their own, like, um, their own little plane now, and it's got Sale Sharks on the fin. And I don't know how often <laughs> they, they use it, but that's also Jed's plane that goes from each of his locations. That's mm. ridiculous. Well... Sale Sharks have a plane. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they've only just got a road to their ground. <laughs> Darren's got to get in somehow. They've had a plane for years. <laughs> They're ordering their transport wrong, aren't they? <laughs> Prioritise the plane. It's true, down, mate. <laughs> Before we get into any other specific games, uh, the only other thing, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but uh, the first of the New Zealand link-ups with Avicii sides is with Harlequins. Yeah. This will be a, a link-up which will see New Zealand players on sabbaticals I don't really understand it, is the answer. 
I mean, well, from a New Zealand perspective, you understand it is 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 a it's a way to keep players involved in the national setup, but also let them earn the money that they want to go and earn to stop Lima Sopawanga, for example, uh, leaving and not being available for New Zealand. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, because New Zealand doesn't have enough money in it to keep them. No, but neither can Harlequins. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the other point I'd make. So. I think what it does very smartly is it takes almost like the moral high ground off the table for rugby players. What I mean by that is very few rugby players stand there and go, I'm going for 600k a year and I can't wait. Right? They don't say that. They go, I want to go and experience a new culture. So you take the culture card off the table. You say, hey, you can, you can go to London. At probably a little bit below market price, but you, but you can go there and you can still be an all black. Do you fancy it? And then all of a sudden they've got nowhere to turn. They can't say, well... I kind of wanted the 600k. I really, really fancied going and looking at the, the Bristol <laughs> yeah. Ship Museum and um, learning about the old slave I, slave trade in exactly. Bristol. Exactly. I love all I'm going to go there. <laughs> Just so happens I'm getting 700 grand. Exactly. And I think that's, it sort of does that for him, doesn't it? It takes that card off, off the table. How does it work for Quinzo? I mean, what if they've got Bowden Barrett who wants to go for a sabbatical? Sure, they'll take him. But that's not great for Marcus Smith and Dimitri Katrakalis and well, James just, Lang. They played Bowden Barrett at 15. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Won't be able to get uh, Marcus Smith out. Exactly. Equally, equally, if they wanted to send Mar- Marcus Smith out, go and get some experience in New Zealand, that could Why? be great for oh. England. We haven't even thought about the potential well, flip side. So I assume, yeah. I assume... Go play with the beloved Canes. Phil's yeah. beloved Canes. He'd be nowhere near the team. Well, I'm kind of thinking a couple of things. Like, if they have three All Blacks come over, right? So, I that sounds like a reasonable number that might want to battle. They can't all go to Quinns. I mean, how much would that be against the Caps? So you can have one marquee player, two, providing two marquee players. Well, yeah, providing, providing that they, you've not got one existing. Yep, yep. So those, are, I mean, that's going to cost you a lot of money, and then no. you've got to add someone else to your cap. But I think we said it a couple of weeks ago, and I think you just touched on it. Then it won't necessarily be a marquee player. It will be a a four month deal. Right, you want to go and experience something because I think that's a big part of it. Like James Haskell, when he went to play Super Rugby, earned what thirty grand or something. Yeah, he, he, it wasn't about the money for him. He, he wanted to go. So I think that's a big part of it. The opportunity to travel to the other side of the world, live in London, play a different type of rugby, you live in Lon- earn a bit, of, <laughs> earn a bit of cash. Would you like to live in London for below for below market value? No, thank you. <laughs> no, but you know, send me to Carlisle. <laughs> they'll come over. They'll be. A, I'm sure. You know. Probably one of the things they'll do is they'll Worcester Warriors will end up getting one because they'll you know you'll say to the boys got really super fast Wi-Fi yeah. in one of the, in one of the Worcester houses relaxation rooms <laughs> uh, yeah I, it's fine but I don't know what you can do with the fly half in four months is what I'd say well but, maybe it's a season who knows what yeah. the way yeah. it's going to work but s- some of the kind of short term loan deals that have worked this year like Nazim Carr and Absolutely, uh, yeah. Rohan Yancey van Redensburg and and uh, uh, the guy the fly off from Worcester is going to be coming back. John O'Lance, John O'Lance. yeah, that's they, yeah. they liked him. And he's and coming also, back. Um, what's his name? Uh, the, f- the scrum off they've got is pretty much just a, a you know a part time player. Oh, who hard? Who hard? You don't see him. He's who ha? To yeah. party through the season and he plays. Yeah, so yeah. Could, could work actually. Yeah, it's not a bad option. And I think my biggest concern is. Just like we spoke about this the other week, but just like when Sam Burgess was going to be uh, paid by England and go to Bath, what it, the other Vici Premiership clubs are going to c- cause a fuss here? There is a thought as well that it's something to do with Adidas. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, well, I've actually phoned Adidas to find out, uh, and they deny it. 
Yeah. They, they say they've not... I, I say if I've phoned, I've contacted someone at Adidas, and they've said, well, we put them in touch, which is why they put them... In, that's why they played the A-team a, a while ago, but they deny categorically that yeah. they they made they, they like, broke they this deal. They won't have brokered that deal. Uh, it, it could be to do with Nick Evans, who's there. Who's all... Well, he's in New Zealand at the moment. Is he? Yeah, he's gone back to learn. Oh. Well... There you go. That makes more sense, doesn't it? Yeah, but I, I like I like it in principle, and just if um, I if I was Leicester, if I was Bath, yeah, I'd be saying, hang on, if they're getting access to players that we simply don't have access to, then there is well, an issue. The, well, there. they they do have access to them if they negotiate a deal. It's it's not it's up to New Zealand Rugby to decide who they do deals with. Well, this. as long as it's sort of. Transparent in terms of what do we need? Yeah, you know, what, what is, do we need to do to get? You know, what is the standard of coaching, or what is the how many coaches? Do, I mean, obviously, Quinns could actually give them their own full time coach. They've, they've got so many coaches. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's like saying uh, Leicester happens to be on a patch where you've got uh, the next headquarters, the uh, the um, oh JCB headquarters, and they happen to have good commercial sponsorship deals with Leicester. With Leicester, it's like well, you know, Worcester are going. Hold on, we've we've only got the. The electric or well, bo- boiler company here—that's not fair. Uh, what, it's, you know, that, that's—I don't—I don't buy that. As long as it's within salary cap, do what you want. Well, yes, I, I get that, but I think the point the New Zealanders were making—it needs to be almost like a licensing system where you have to have a certain standard of facilities and coaching and medical staff for them yeah. to send over their people. It didn't—it didn't really sound like that when they spoke about it in the press release. Oh, that's why I read surrounding it. it. Yeah, the, I've not read that, but that is my assumption from the initial kind of murmurings around this is New Zealand so far in advance that that Harlequins would or any premiership side would be a million miles away medically surely not no no I I don't don't think think it is but I I just think New Zealand want to kind of rubber stamp to confirm because probably because they've had players go to for example France in the past and come back yeah like Toulon underconditioned niggly medical problems that kind of thing Toulon have two physios right for their entire squad for their entire squad it's huge like people were not getting uh, people were not getting twice a day physio, which is incredible. Yeah, so it does happen. The French government pays the wages <laughs> of any injured player, mm. which probably contributes to that. Yeah, ah, we'll just buy another one. The the, the government's yeah. picking this up. Exactly. Well, that's a very in depth news section. Probably the most in depth news. It is. Done. Just when we're talking about uh, payment and salary cap, have you, either of you seen the Austin Healy tweet? from the Sunday papers this week about how much Ben Foden earns. Oh, I'd love to guess how much Ben Foden earns. I'm guessing he's 250. So Ben, <laughs> so shall I guess as well? You, I haven't you seen guess. it. You can guess, but you're not going to get any information from this. Uh, okay. So I would I would guess that Ben Foden probably did his last contract while he was still an England player. Probably. And it's probably coming to the end of that now. And that's probably and four years. And a senior years player ago. as well. I reckon he might uh, two eighty. Yeah, I, uh, I I would go for around that figure. Now this, uh, so I, I, it doesn't say what paper it's in. I'd guess Telegraph or Times and one of the like money sections, one of the pullout sections. Uh, and they ask him, they're, they're talking about uh various different financial things. How much did you earn last year? Uh, Ben Foden says, I'd rather not say. And in bracket, in square brackets, they've put the current team salary cap for Premiership rugby clubs is seven million, meaning Ben Foden is likely to be on a base salary 
of about six hundred thousand pounds. Uh, no, which, which they've divided it by fifteen. <laughs> they've divided they? by divided <laughs> by eleven. <laughs> Have they? Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. So, wow. Someone someone doesn't know uh, the number of players there are, even in a first team, and can't do maths. So how good would how how far could you get? With 11 players on 600k, <laughs> I imagine you might be able to win a game, maybe? <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> In the championship? What four positions would you do without? Yeah, so, you've got to drop a flanker. You've got to drop well, a no, winger. Yeah, one so flanker, one 11, winger. 11 players, 600k. That means you've got another five, uh, four players who can be on uh, 10k each. So you got 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 11 world beaters and four four academy, 18-year-olds. 18-year-olds. Right, so hang on. You're going hooker. I'll go... um, (laughs) go, I'd have to go flanker. Um, You go on the wing. We need one more loser and we can play with... uh, (laughs) (laughs) We'll play with Kurtley Beale, Charles Piatau. (laughs) 80 uh, minutes every week. Retallick and Itoji. But, you know, actually, if he's... If they've done that, they are assuming there's only 11 players. So we just need 11 of the best players. Yeah. Send me your 11 best players <laughs> to uh, to take on a Premiership team. Any 11 in the world. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna re- I'm gonna be relying on you boys to fill in some of the gaps because I've only watched. I mean, I've watched two games firsthand, but I've only watched two games. Okay. So I have watched two games of Super Rugby, one game of Rugby League three games of Rugby Union. So, um, I watched a bit of Super Rugby. I watched Phil's beloved Canes, actually. Against the Jaguares. And, and the Jaguares are an absolute disgrace. I mean, <laughs> the Hurricanes looked like, on the face of it, they were doing some incredible things, but the defence optional, just players falling on the floor. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think we all watched this let's, separately. Um, yeah, let's... Should we talk quickly about Super Rugby? No, should we talk about the Premiership to give our listeners actually something they care about? And we'll come back to it. Okay. We'll come back to Super Rugby because it's a bit jovial. Um, I would like to uh, make this point about the Premiership this year. And I'd like you to agree or disagree. The top end of the Premiership is not as strong as it has been pre- pre- previous years. But there is a group of teams in the middle who are just absolutely nails. And I'm talking about Gloucester. I'm talking about Newcastle, Sale... Maybe not Leicester, they've dropped off. But that middle now is so intense. And the Newcastle-Gloucester game, I thought, perfectly demonstrated that. Well, we've asked this before a couple of weeks ago. So I'll sort of change the question from a couple of weeks ago slightly. Is the middle any better than it has been? Oh, I think it is, yeah. I think Gloucester are miles better than... Well, actually... Yeah, but they've they've gone up and Leicester have gone down and uh, Sale are a bit up and Bath are down and... Newcastle are up and Quinns are down. Yeah. I mean, yeah, actually, you're right, because Quinns and Bath are not as good as they were were last year. No, definitely not. And And Leicester, their uh, last couple of games have been good, but across the whole season, this is probably their worst season for... Well, as long as I can remember. Yeah. So maybe, maybe. But then Gloucester are... Genuinely very good. And Newcastle are genuinely very good. Newcastle, definitely. Newcastle are definitely very good. Uh, the bit that strikes me is the inconsistency. The teams like Gloucester, who hadn't lost at home all season, beating some of the best, well, beating all of the best teams, then lose to Newcastle. Now, that that's not a slight on Newcastle, but it's a demonstration of that inconsistency. Mm. Bath, inconsistent. They beat Saracens this year. And then they were woeful against Quinns this weekend. So, so I think that the Gloucester inconsistency thing. I thought 
as games go, as losses go, it was a good loss, i.e. it wasn't a ton of mistakes. How many times do you... Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to talk across yeah. you there, JB. Like, not a ton of mistakes. Um, two good teams going at it, and one team came out better, and neither team would be disappointed with their performance. And how many how many times do you lose when the opposition gets 21 points and scores two tries, and you score four tries and still lose? Yeah, scoring four tries and no conversions. <laughs> Is, Ooh, that is yeah. no, no penalties, no conversions. Is. Maybe I'll go back to that and say, uh, yeah, maybe maybe there were some errors. And yeah, but, I mean, in, in open play, I was watching this and I was watching Newcastle going going through their patterns because Newcastle are now a very good attacking force, and Gloucester just, just matched them. They matched them except for that first one, which is rel- a relatively lucky try. Um, they're not really really good. It's a massive win for Newcastle. Do, it is. Do you agree with looking at their fixtures that that puts them in pole position for fourth place? I've not looked at their well, fixtures going forward. Are they in fourth? They are. They I mean, are it, it's down to them then. I mean, they're, they're good enough to be there, and it's up to the other teams to unseat them. That yes. So I think they play Leicester on the penultimate weekend. So yep. I think they go to they Leicester. Go, they host Northampton next. Yeah. In a few weeks' time, I expect them to win that. Then they host. Uh, they travel to Worcester, so they should win that. They host Sale, uh, and then Do they go to Leicester. Yeah. Penultimate weekend. That. That's it. Travel to Leicester That's and the host host Wasps, but by the time they host Wasps, it, it could already be done and dusted because they're looking on the they're looking like the next three games certainly they should win. They sh- yeah, they should yeah. They're, they're very very savvy, which is what impressed me about them. So we mentioned that yeah, Gloucester missed four conversions. They also didn't really have many kickable penalties because Newcastleers are like whiter than white when it's in a kickable position. But when it's wide or out, uh, they're re- they're really cleverly cynical. Oh, I like that. I, mm. Yeah, I do. Like that. that is, it's intelligence and it's decision making. Gr- exactly that. This leadership intelligence. Yeah. Um, that's good. Yeah. Billy Burns. Was Billy Burns kicking? Was it? Yeah, he was. And then Billy Twelve Trees had the last. He shot. He had the last shot, didn't he? Um, none of them easy. No. No. But you'd expect one of those to be slotted and Gloucester's uh, final five games include trips to Exeter to Saracens so they could end up missing top six yeah well always that would be year. an absolute hammer blow yeah they've, they've, they've made strides though oh no undoubtedly I completely agree and they they, they don't look so frail yeah and brittle and um, there again can you imagine like they missed top six this year and then in the off-season, Quinns, Northampton, Leicester all get their act together, which is completely, completely possible. And they could be in the same situation they've been in year <laughs> after year after year because it becomes a lot harder. Yeah. This is their best opportunity to make top four or top yeah. six for a, for a number of years. But still, I, th- I think Ackerman, I think he'll have more opportunity. I've said this before, I know. He'll have more opportunity over the summer to bring in the players that he Yo, wants Hansi to bring Yeah, and Hansi von Rendsburg, for example. Exactly. Good sailmate. With r- rumours that... Uh, Andrew Simmons is going to Newcastle. He's oh, very much okay. in the Matavesi kind of mould. Yeah. Ooh, that is interesting. Mm, so, yeah. <clears throat> so I think maybe next year could be Gloucester's year. Yeah, maybe. Uh, do you know the Gloucester centre? I, I like, I've said it many, many times. I like Atkinson. Yeah, I like Atkinson. Like, sausage, sausage legs 10. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> always gets his hands free, always always offloading. Not his best game, actually, yet, uh, yesterday. He's got to try, didn't he? Yeah, but I agree. Not his, not his best game in terms of. Yeah, he's running very slick. Can I say one Gloucester player who I, I want? In fact, can I say uh, 
the Gloucester guys that weren't involved in the game, what an what a, well, just generally what a lovely bunch of lads. I mean, it's the same way with rugby all over. But there's the, so there's a media room upstairs at King's Home, and the the players like lounge area is next to it. Mm. <clears throat> but um, for whatever reason, at halftime they came into the media room to make a cup of tea, and Owen Williams just walked in and. Um, like what a charming bloke! So I, I was just I was just sat there on my own scribbling down some notes. He went, "All right, so I was like, so what, you want a cup of coffee? You want a cup of coffee, lads, lads? Who wants coffee? Uh-huh. Hey, uh-huh. Ollie, uh-huh. Ollie, uh-huh. You, want a, you, want, you, want, you want a tea? You want a coffee? You want a, you want?" And, and he, he, he asked, he offered everyone in the room, whoever they were, whether it was the makeup person from BT Sport, whether it was the media manager, whether it was me, his teammates. I do just love a really the way, lovely bloke. I do love the way. That every Welsh people, person that you meet comes from the same uh, <laughs> village in the same valley. <laughs> All right, how's it going? <laughs> what village? What area is that? No idea. Somewhere down south. <laughs> no, just a nice bunch. Jeremy Thrust, thoroughly lovely bloke as well. No, uh, why is he? Why is he not playing at the moment? Just injured. I don't know. Um, why do you get all this news, Tim? Oh, so I don't want to be a noise with him. Like, oh, oh, I do. Talk about rugby. Let's talk about rugby. You know what I mean? Oh, what's wrong, mate? Their life is rugby. Talk to me about rugby. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> nah. That's me. Uh, <laughs> I'll leave it to you. Um, so, yeah, Newcastle were massively impressed by it. And also, I think, very much in, in an Exeter mould, the way that they're growing. Loads of homegrown players. Yeah. Only adding, um, adding guys that are under the radar, that are maybe not loved elsewhere bringing them in and they suddenly take on this new lease of life yeah Mick who's been yeah around he was kind of touted when he first started as a potentially very very high profile player went to Leicester didn't really do anything went to Bath yeah didn't really do anything Joel Hodgson Northampton yeah didn't like him let him go Newcastle got the best out of him I like watching him play for some reason Leicester let go on over leave do not understand Money. That. Must be money. And, there again. Gonover's 33 <clears throat> or 34, something like that now. Wow. So I, off, whoever offers him a long, the longest term deal, he will go to. Yeah. Mm. True. But uh, And then Matavesi. Well, who was Chris Harris before he started playing at Newcastle? Hmm? Uh, I played against him when he was at Tyndale. Did you really? Yeah, yeah. How old is he? Oh, he was young. He was maybe 21. He's 26, 27 now. Yeah, 27, 20, that kind of age. What is yeah. he? He played, I remember playing at, um, up at Tyndale. Where is Tyndale? Is that North, North, yeah, East. Northumbria. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was playing 15, and he, he was best man on the park that day. What, even better than you? Uh, well, best man on from their side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got uh, we got pumped in that game. We had two, uh, two props yellow carded, and we just kept on getting... Giving penalties away at scrum time, penalty away at scrum time. I got Who's the best player you've played against? Carlos Spencer. No, oh, yeah, no did you play I didn't him? play against Carlos Spencer. Uh, I tell you, who was very, very good. So I played Joe Marler when he was eighteen or so. Big Luth. There's a load of um, players. One of the best who never made it. You might know him, Tim. He played for Nottingham. Uh, oh, Duffy. Duffy. Joe Duffy. Joe what Duffy. a player. Hooker or tight head prop. I what played, a player. Playing both. Why did he not make it Leicester? Because he, he went there. to Leicester. He was a, he was a Kiwi. But I was, was absolutely convinced he was going to be uh, was, an international. I thought he, he would be the Leicester number one. He's yeah. The, he's one of the best play- hookers I've seen play in a live game. He's, he's unreal. One of the best I, yeah, uh, he, he probably is the best player I've played against from the performance at the time. He was un- unreal. And moved from like I played against him once at hooker and once when he played tight head, and both times he was 
the most explosive runner, the best ball carrier, just most destructive player on the pitch. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, why did he not make it at Leicester? Does anyone know? I've, no, I mean, just at the time they had... Because he went in one direction, Tom Young's went in the other. So Tom Young's was making the did conversion he? to Hooker and went to Nottingham. Leicester signed Joe Duffy. Uh, but Joe Duffy was behind. I think George Shooter was there. And who was the other Hooker that was there at the time? Anyway. Yeah. Whoever it was. I'm just looking. He, he played for five seasons at Nottingham. Joined Leicester for two years, 2009 to 2011. And then went back to Nottingham, and that—that's it. But yeah, he was a hell of a player. Yeah, yeah. He Joe, Joe played against Joe, Joe Marler when he was eighteen, <clears throat> and people were talking him as a future England player. And just the shape on the boy as an eighteen-year-old was incredible. Mm. Anyway, enough nostalgia. Yes. We, we, sort of, we mentioned Leicester there before we get on to Exeter Saracens because that was the other real big game. Just you mentioned it earlier, Phil. Leicester's resurgence continues. It do, yeah, certainly. And Worcester, who did have a few good games last week, were woeful. They were really awful. This week, it looks pretty similar. But Leicester, Toulouse Vianu, Manu Tuolagi, looking dangerous, breaking. Tuolagi, Vianu, and Brendan O'Connor. Yeah, and Tamua is yeah, playing well in that. He really is. Fly half roll. Um, yeah. Those guys and oh Connor, we've said it, but he adds he adds the athleticism that that back back row needs. He's, he's a ball carrier. Play. He's a scavenger at the breakdown. Yeah. He's a he's got Hands, great handling. Yeah, he's he's got. I mean, he balances that pack so well. He does. I I really wonder if he's going to get take him to South Africa. Maybe have a look at him. Um, Eddie does that, doesn't he? P- brings people in, have a look, and then sink or swim. Yeah, ditches them. Um, <laughs> would I know we've kind of been been over this before, but if Leicester continues to play well, is there any more Premiership before the big boys come back? No, uh, no, three weeks. Yeah, so twenty twenty third, twenty fourth, twenty fifth of March that weekend is the next Premiership game. Yeah, so if you've been on any players' Instagrams, a load of them are jetting off to they are. Dubai or US. Did or you see Henry Slade's Instagram? He was sledging with uh, <laughs> with his dog. Oh right, I didn't see that. Yeah. So if they're all going away, okay. Um, uh, what was I going to say now? Oh, I've, I've completely forgotten. Leicester. Oh, Leicester, yeah. So if they're winning, and they're winning well, they beat Saracens, they beat Worcester, they're actually playing nicely for a change. I'm not sure I would bring anyone into that team who's not already in it. I include George Ford. Mm. I do think... So Matt Tate played inside centre. Yeah. Didn't really do a lot. Um, so if you can get... Tamua, who's playing very well, just move him out one yeah. and have that extra but distributor. I don't know because if come on, because if if your key man, if you if you fly off is pulling the strings, you don't want to move him. I mean, I I don't see. I mean, they've not been playing particularly well with two distributors anyway, and when they've gone down to one, they seem to, they seem a lot better. Uh, I would carry on winning. They've I, simplified their game. It's not it's not just what they did last week. Is they went and played off nine a lot more and. And they played off nine a lot more, played a lot more direct. They've got these key players fit and playing well. Vianu, Tulangi getting better every game. Brendan O'Connor's yeah. come in all since all the international players were around last. And that's had more of an impact. I, I, no, of course they'll pick him. We talked about this last yeah. week. Anyway. Yeah. Vianu and Tulangi coming back I in mean, are you know, such if, a boost. If you wanted to do it in a diplomatic way, 
you would say, well, look, George has played a lot of Six Nations. He just need, needs a rest. We're going to go with Salusa. Uh, sorry, not Salusa. We're going to go with um, Tamir. One, one more game and see how it goes. And he wins that, then you've really got an issue. That, that, that's my view. Hmm. We'll mm. see what happens anyway, because we've spoke about this twice now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think you should really put it on the board. Uh, well, no, absolutely not, because I, I, I don't believe it. I'm just playing de- <laughs> devil's advocate. They will play George Ford, but I'm not sure that I'm, I would, because jobs are on the line, and if we're winning, we're winning. Exeter mm. Chiefs had a had a second-half performance today at home that was very Exeter Chiefs. <laughs> well, I didn't see it. I was watching um, Bath, Bath, so tell us about it. Uh, well, so it was... So Saracens... Of, they've got they've got eighteen players unavailable uh, through injury or international. Mm-hmm. I, I mean that it is a massive uh, amount that they've got. Um, they are stretched and they're not playing well. One of the really concerning issues, bearing in mind one area they do have a lot of depth and a lot of strength, still is in front row. They got pumped in the scrums again. That, this is not unusual. No, because it's, it's happening. It has been yeah. happening for weeks. They've acknowledged it's been happening for weeks, but they can't seem to turn it around. That's a big worry, isn't yeah. it? Skills and play. No, he's hmm. he's uh, he's he's out injured. Uh, yeah, so it's a big it's a big issue. Penalty try they conceded oh, in the second mm. half. Yeah, I don't know what's happening to the Saracen scrum because I when I first noticed it, it was against. I can't remember who it was. It might be against Worcester or someone. But it, it, it simply just wasn't going well. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty worrying. And I don't think of uh, Saracens as a team that relies so much on its talent, but more on you know the coaching and systems. And I kind of would have thought that they'd have done a bit better over the last couple of weeks. Mm. How did Ben Earl go? He was good. He looked really explosive. Scored a great try. Yeah. In the first look, half. Just looking at the stats, he's by a long way their best performing forward. In, in fact... He might actually be their best performing player in terms of uh, carries and attacking stats. So this is his first start, and if I'm not mistaken, he's captain England at age grade. Yeah, yeah, he, he's been captain at all age grade levels, I think, for England. He's a, he's a really promising player. They uh, they did lose Brad Barrett at half-time, and he was groggy. Oh, really? Wasn't, wasn't in a great shape so throughout the first he's half. He's not going to be starting next week for England, then? <laughs> Brad Barrett? No, <laughs> definitely not. Um, but they're just lacking players' leadership and... Um, yeah, but they will come back. When you get 18 players coming back in, they'll be fine. Exeter was the one, but they had no excuses today. And Rob Baxter picked Joe Simmons at 10. Did he? Yeah, this was a remarkable pick because the easy option and the obvious option would have been Steenson. Yeah, captain Bloody on the field. I know he's not yeah. club captain, but he because Jack Yendall doesn't start because Luke Cowan-Dickey is an absolute beast yeah. beast of a player. What was yeah, it? He's played some real nice It was nice a game Exeter lost a few weeks ago. What was it? Doesn't matter. Well, he doesn't. Well, it matters to me because Luke Owen Dickey started. He didn't finish it, but he started, and he was a monster. Yeah, he has been for a, for a few weeks. He's been playing like a man possessed. Yeah. The Montpellier game for me, where game was oh, they had just monster after monster, and he just kept on sitting them down time and time again. Yeah, but Joe Simmons, man of the match, That's and very looked impressive. very assured. And I love the way Rob Baxter talks. And what he said was that the. The way to do it, and the way that their, his philosophy is, he wants to make a positive choice when he brings a youngster in. He wants he wants them to have earned the selection, be playing with form and confidence, and then they slot in, um, rather than because there's an injury or yeah. or because it's not going well. And Wasps, sorry. So it's Go like on. a really positive um, selection. So he said Joe Simmons has been that good in training that I had to give him a start, and again he hit the ground running and looked every bit. Steen come off the bench. Uh, for a few minutes, 
Uh, but I'm not sure he would have done if he if Joe Simmons went off for a HIA. So Sam Simmons was on the bench as well. Did he get any game time? Yeah, he got a little bit, but did a few nice things. Okay, good. Uh, just thinking of one eye on England here mm. for next weekend. Will is he the man to come in and add some dynamism to that back row? Uh, is there anyone? So, can you tell anything about who is allowed to play and who isn't allowed to play as, as to who will be selected for next week? I think uh, you can tell something. Like George Cruz was was allowed was to allowed. play. Yeah. Marrow, uh, Joe Launchbury, um, and, and Courtney Laws, Laws weren't. We're all held. so yeah. Who were they not? You can definitely but then read into that. That's yeah. That does just reflect the last few games yeah. as well, where those three have all started, and obviously Cruz hasn't. Mm. I'm just checking the Wasps team. Oh, from, oh for God's sakes! I'm just having a look now. So some concern, so in summary, some concerns are Saracens, but I wouldn't be overly worried because they are missing so many players. They're still well placed. Oh, uh, they oh. Just need to push on and get a home home semi if that's what their yeah. battle is. Just saying, just I'm not saying, but just saying, James Haskell didn't start for Wasps. Hmm. Well, you're saying that like it's proving some point you've said. No, oh, right. no, it's not. I'm just oh, thinking right. that he might he might have a look in for England this this week. I think he might do because if it was. If it was up to me, I wouldn't be playing uh, three second rows. I wouldn't be starting three second rows. They need, they need more pace. I, now, I'm not saying... No. I'm not saying... If it was I, up to me, I agree with you, Phil. And if it was up to me, the answer would not be James Haskell. They don't need more pace. They need more work at the breakdown. And getting there quickly, which is not the same as running fast. <laughs> true. True. So, uh, interesting. Do I briefly touch on that game? Because <laughs> I've not seen a second of it. I've not seen any highlights. The only thing I've seen is... Uh, London Irish were close but missed out on any bonus points because they scored two tries and they were eight points off and Dai Young said the better team lost yes uh, Joe Joe Simpson I just saw him tweet the same yeah said felt felt sorry for London Irish the best team lost yeah so that's disappointing for them because this is a good time to play someone like Wasps Uh, and about three weeks off yeah not to get anything out of the game is very disappointing, particularly on the back of the win last week. Well, bonus points aren't enough now, anyway. Yeah, no. they need a minimum of three wins, hmm. which they could still technically get, but it seems unlikely now. Yeah, you'd say traveling to Wasps if you get two bonus points or something out of it, it's not the worst result in the world. But it, I mean, I'm kind of talking. They're already down. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to sugarcoat. Tell it. me about the Omni Shambles that was oh. Quinn's Bath. Oh, oh no, no. Let's not talk about the Omni Shambles that's Quinn's Bath. Let's talk about a pre Omni Shambles, which was Reds versus Brumbies, very, very briefly. And then we can go <laughs> wow. back into uh, Premiership. Uh, just, just to spice things up a bit. So, when you talk about shambles, that is exactly the correct word to describe Omni Shambles. Omni Shambles, uh, Quinn's Bath. Uh, I have not seen a game like Reds versus Brumbies for quite some time. Um, Reds won this, didn't they? They won it. So Reds have won it after culling everyone that you'd ever know from the Reds team. Like, <laughs> you know, there are a few people that you know, but they, I think there's four or five players that have deemed surplus to requirement or just not required, who are still getting paid by the ARU in in some cases, like Mr. Quade Cooper. So I don't know what he's up to. I think he's just working out. In fact, I think he made the news this week. He got arrested or something, or... What's the thing happened with Quay Cooper? I've just the only thing I can tell you is I've seen a couple of videos of him kicking sticks topless. Do, do, <laughs> whilst I um, <laughs> ramble on, just 
Google Quade Cooper. I'm sure yeah. something's happened in okay. the Quade Cooper. No, sorry, Google Quade Cooper topless or just Quade Cooper? <laughs> <sighs> Be safe, do both. Um, <laughs> uh, so the... Safe search on or off? Uh, be safe. All right. Um, Quade Cooper. So, Go on, sorry. As soon as we were the fan. Anyway, um, yeah, defence, absolutely op- optional. Um, uh, trips into the 22, uh, pretty much at will, but no one could score. Like, nobody could score. They crossed the... They either dropped the ball o- o- uh, over the try line, they got held up. It was the most bizarre game. A mixture between, like, lack of effort and then lack of finishing. So, I don't know. I, I, it's just... Australian rugby is in a weird place. It doesn't know what it is. It's not New Zealand rugby. The, the Rebels are, are up there at the top, aren't they? Two bonus point victories. I didn't watch the Rebels, so I, I couldn't tell no, you. So I was going to say. So, maybe this is the turnaround in Australian rugby. I did see a bit of the Rebels against the Sunwolves. Uh... They've got a lot of names. Yeah, you said, the, didn't you? The Rebels have got... So they've hoovered up a load of people from... Uh, all the good people from Western Force. It's my favourite nickname in Super Rugby as well. Rebels well, is just cool. The Rebels. Mm. It's very Star Wars. I like it. It is. Uh, well, I, mean, I just don't know if Australian rugby has an identity. So if you think about... <laughs> Uh, England, you know exactly what England are. You know, big pack of forwards. You know, there's an English way of playing. There's a New Zealand way of playing, isn't there? There's a South African way of playing. You know, what is the Australian way of playing? The Australian way of playing is players with in- incredibly high skill levels, interchangeable positions, yeah, uh, and all about the backline. That's the historic way of playing. Now it just feels like, can I get in uh, NRL rejects or NRL? The, the NRL guys that they can afford to get and f- slot them into some kind of backline. Yeah, fingers crossed. They they might they might be the answer to all our woes. Yeah. And sometimes they're really really good, and they're still not the answer. Mm. So it, it just seems like a mess. Hopefully they'll you know if Rebels are good and they can build a good core and a, you know a basis of an Australia team, they they could they could have a, have a resurgence. But I just don't see it. Uh, Quid Cooper news. Yes. Headline from news.com.au. Quade Check Cooper. out his rig. <laughs> no. <laughs> Quade Cooper comes off second best after running with a fan. Oh, uh, right, so he didn't get arrested. I, I, I saw second best and fan, so I don't actually know. A run in with a fan? Yeah. Oh, not running against, uh, like a sprint, I, th- I thought you meant that. No, no, after oh, running, he has been hit by a fan. Doesn't sound like what a fan would do. In a gym, corporate box gym in Australia. Uh... Was he stand? Was this was this fan trying to lift weight? And Quade Cooper was uh, Quade Cougar. Quade <laughs> Cooper was stood right next to him, just flexing in the mirror, topless, the whole time putting him off. Not quite, but you're you're remarkably close. <laughs> this fan was relatively inactive, uh, because this was not a fan of Australian rugby. This was a wall mounted. Air blowing fan. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> he is, he's wearing a baseball cap and it's like head height and he just walks into it. The most benign story <laughs> I've ever heard. Yeah. So the reason it's I the thought. The headline, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I just Googled Quake Cooper very quickly to look on Wikipedia <laughs> and I saw these headlines. So I was in the middle of the middle of the road. He's kind of second best a fan or you know, yeah. what have you. I assumed he was in trouble with the law again. Nope. Uh, that's the danger of clickbait headlines. There we go. Sorry, Quaid. I do take it back. <laughs> Shall we get into the other omni-shambles of Quinns versus Bath? Yeah, go for it. Tell me about this. We don't need to talk about this for long. Good. Okay, briefly tell me about the omni-shambles at the the stoop. Uh, Neither team played particularly well. 
both made a load of mistakes. Katrakilis, who played instead of Marcus Smith, did a few nice things, but also gave the ball away cheaply a few He's, times. And, and I think we need to give that guy a break because that horrible jaw injury oh, he had his first neck. game back. Yeah. yeah, don't get me wrong. First game back, he's just not as good as Marcus Smith. Unless there's something else I've, I've missed. Marcus Smith is the real deal. Yeah, but he's 18, so and he's played a lot of rugby. Playing more. Yeah, so I, I think it was the right thing to do to change up the squad. Um, Bath, they had long periods, particularly in the second half, where they were inside Quinn's 22, and they just didn't seem to know I what mean, to do. I mean, Bath didn't win it, actually. I mean, the, yeah, the, the scoreline flat as Quinn's, I thought for, long, for long periods, Bath were the more dominant side. Certainly in that second half they were. The Bath front row are a mess, aren't they? I mean, like, you've got three supposedly England guys there. Uh, did Dunn start? No, Dunn's injured at the moment. So who was was Batty? Batty, Batty, yeah. Their only hooker. Who came on at hooker then? Nathan Charles. Nathan Charles, that's right. Another mid-season signing. Yeah, so um, there's uh, Batty, Abano and Henry Thomas. I just expect them to do more. Um, But they were playing with James Wilson at 10 again who last week was man of the match and kind of won it in the end. This week, the... Well, fans uh, were calling hun- for Josh Lewis. The honey- Yeah, the honeymoon period was over because he didn't have a great game. Some of his decision-making and some of his kicking wasn't great, but he's not a 10. Yeah, and but- he's been asked to play there. And Benny Taps wasn't great. What was that horrendous kick that we saw? Uh, just it was on an advantage, mind, but it was yeah. still a horrendous kick. They did it a number of times. And it was terrible decision-making by... Um, Will not Will Harrell, he was all right. The other one, yeah, uh, was Will Harrell Tom Homer? There? Tom Homer, Tom, Tom Homer, yeah, just horrendous kicking. Um, so here's a list of uh, mid season signings from Bath James Wilson, Benny Taps, Josh Lewis, uh, Aled Brew, Will Harrell, Darren Allison, and Cooper Vuna. Um, that's just the backs, that's just the backs. Uh, Nathan Charles, that uh, um, the most interesting thing about this was it happened in the last 30 seconds when. Marcus Smith intercepted. I yeah, can't, I can't remember who threw the pass, but someone intercepted someone from his own twenty-two. Had a clear oh, eight-yard head start over uh, Zach Mercer. Marcus Smith, who was fresh, had only been on the pitch five minutes. Zach Mercer, who'd done an awful lot of hard work, and Mercer hunted him down. I can't make my mind up on Mercer whether he's going to be international standard or not. He's so athletic. He is, isn't he? But he does, he needs to gain about a stone. But then he will not be athletic. Well, if he gains it in the right way, intelligent, you know? off, a very intelligent off-season on the south coast of France with some vitamin S. Oh, what, what, vitamin S. what shape was his dad? Don't know, he was a rugby league player, wasn't uh, he? Yes, uh, Google Zach Mercer's dad shape. <laughs> <laughs> Topless. <laughs> Safe search off. Um, Gary Mercer. Let's have a look at it. Because there'll be a bit of genetics involved here. Hmm, Gary Mercer. Because, like, uh, Gareth Delve was a was a Bath number eight that came through, and his dad yeah. was world's strongest man, and or Wales's strongest man, and was an incredible slice. I remember... Um, Delve was an incredible slicer. He was an unbelievable specimen. I, I remember watching... Uh, did my brother play with him? Or no, he was coming through the year or two below in Bath. And uh, so I think... Well, he's 32, I think, isn't he? I used to go and watch... I used to go and watch Gareth Delve play for for the A team or the under twenty ones at some point, just when I was in Bath with nothing else to do, and the the talent of the lad as a kid, um, frightening him. Do you know what Gareth Delve's doing with himself now? Uh, is he trying to become Wales' strongest man? Uh, no. 
Uh, let me guess. He, I reckon he will be. What will Gareth Delve be good at? He will be a bouncer. Working doors, yeah. Uh, no, no. Gareth Delve, I believe, is team manager of Bristol. Oh, really? Yeah. To Neil, a little Gareth mm, Bell fact. Cool. Um, so, so, sorry, have you come up with some, any conclusive um, no. Zach versus Dad shape facts? So I can tell you he was 5'11". Uh, was he? <clears throat> he's a wing fullback, wing slash fullback slash second row, uh, which is an unusual combination. That is. But, well, um, so was Matt Banahan. Rugby League, yeah. Uh, played right centre uh, for Warrington. He played Leeds, Halifax, Warrington, Leeds again, Cass... And Bradford Northern. So, what does this tell us and about New Zealand? Uh, I don't know. Maybe he's not going to fill out massively. I know Steve Balthwick, for example, is a player who really struggled to put on weight. Yeah, he, yeah. He couldn't put weight on, and he would atrophy. He'd lose weight yeah. during the season. Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he's uh, incredible. Hold on a minute. What's going on here? You chose to watch Queens v Bath. Yeah, I want to see. It. I want to see Dimitri Kaskaris play. I wanted to watch uh, Saracens Exeter, but JB accosted me at my house. I was just coming back from the gym. Hi, mate! <laughs> JB was there waiting for me. In his kitchen. Making me watch... Uh, we're we're going to watch this game path. that's of very little consequence to end-of-season positions. Well, do you know what? I thought both of them were going to be in- inconsequential, really, because the top two will be the top two regardless. And the... Well, surely Wasps are hunting Saracens down now for the second place. Maybe, actually. Maybe. Must be close. Um, and I just wanted to see the, see the two fly-offs play. Yeah, thought it'd be, it, it, to me it had more interest because I'm boring. Um, but yeah, that's yeah, that's why I, I, I wanted to watch it. It was all uh, yeah, it was, it, it was enter- they were evenly matched. That's that's the only upside to it. And it was entertaining for the two of us to watch because we just slagged off both teams for yeah. eighty minutes. Yeah, I suppose that's there's, now, there's, there's a bit of a tip. Uh, by the way, wasps are second now. Oh, are they? Well, yeah. I take I take it back completely. Um, Newcastle are only three points behind. Saracens in third. Wow. Newcastle are only four points behind Wasps in second. Wow. And they've won the same number as both of those teams, 11. So me and Phil saw another game this uh, this week. We won't talk about it too long, but uh, it was Rugby League. We watched oh, yeah. um, Hell versus Warrington. Warrington. Oh, my God. Uh, let's just forget about the actual game and talk about the two red cards. <laughs> two of the most ridiculous Send him cards. off! Send the dirty get off! <laughs> oh my word, two of the best Get him off the field! You've ever seen. <laughs> the first one was a tackle from behind and just a complete swinging arm to the head that knocked, knocked him out. Knocked him out in, in mid-flight. Yeah, knocked him out immediately. One of the most blatant let red the boys, cards let the boys play. you could no, okay. ever see. <laughs> It was so it's a sort of red card, right? That if it occurred in Union, oh. um, you know, Twitter would have would have. Exp- I mean, as it happened, Alison a- Pollock would have. Oh my god! Yeah, it was so, the, 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 like the guy is lights out as like as he hits the ground. Uh, there's a bit of a discussion. Should we send him off? Should we not send him off? Like if this was like rugby union, he would be banished. He'd be. He'd, you wouldn't play again for two years. You, 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 you wouldn't play again. Um, and the next one was even better. It was so <laughs> rugby league. It was a headbutt from eight yards away. So, like, the guy... No, maybe not eight yards, maybe five yards. Point is, this guy had to walk slowly at walking pace to his opponent and then sort of headbutt him. But he didn't even headbutt him properly. He just went, like, head to head. And the referee's like, what are you doing? The player who, the player who received the headbutt... Just turn around and look at, look at the ref with his arms <laughs> out like that. 
You can't do that. What's, what's going on? I was like, this is why it's the greatest game. Uh, yeah. high, high skill sets, low IQs, massive amounts of violence. <laughs> Let's get into it. Uh, with, with the... <sighs> I mean, clearly that high shot sounds like it was, you know, uh, it was, it was bad. outrageous. It, was it would be, bad. it would be the higher tariff on a rugby union ban, and, and rightly so by the sound of it. Um, I do wonder whether sometimes the, the the starting point of accidents happen and you can't stop all accidents would be a really good thing to refresh, to shake, Hall- just shake rugby union a little bit. David Halafanua. David Halafanua against Sinotti Sinotti in the Gloucester Newcastle game. I just want to shake rugby a little bit and go, remember, accidents happen and you can't stop them all. But it seems like when someone does have contact with a head, even if when it's by accident and as much caused by the player with the ball as the player without the, the ball. The Halafanua one was um, not a card in my, in, in my no, mind. N- not, not How a card. can you wrap your arms? If, they said no intent to wrap the arms, but he got hit in the head. It was head to head because yeah. Sinotti Sinotti yeah. stepped and accidents happen. So when who I think was it Dan Lydia got yellow carded for a chop tackle when he didn't wrap the arms because someone's knee collided with his head. So he, <laughs> he's out cold, yeah, got yellow. <laughs> That's what I mean. When there's a, an injury or head contact, it's all, it almost feels a little bit at the moment like uh right, we've Why got we've he... got to we've got to have a re- response to this and it has to be with a card. Yeah. Uh, what was your reason for you were okay with the yellow? So I my initial reaction, and I probably would have gone for no yellow for Halle Fenua. Uh, I, I would have was def- it reckless? I would have defined that as a rugby incident. I could justify the yellow card. In other words, no, no. So you would have said you would have defined that as LTBP. LTBP, yeah. exactly. Or as World Rugby say, rugby incident. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> the reason I'm okay with it being a yellow card was not because of the wrapping the arms, which the commentators said, which was nonsense. Because I, I think he was actually making an attempt to wrap his arms, and then there's head contact. Yeah. Uh, I, I do think he was reckless under the the World Rugby definition because he went so. You know Sonotti is Sonotti. He's not just going to run straight at your shoulder. He's going to step last He's minute. a rolling ball of barbed wire. That's he is exactly a, what he is, yeah. Precisely. He's a rolling <laughs> ball of barbed wire that could go in any direction at any time. <laughs> and Halle Fenua, like propels himself forward to give a massive hit last second just as Sonotti Sonotti changes direction. So I think it kind of does fall under the rugby world definition of uh, recklessness, therefore, because of the consequences, yellow card. So I'm okay with the yellow card. I don't think they got there in the right way, but also I would have been fine with a yeah. LTB plea. What LTB about right, a multicolored card, like a rainbow card maybe? And um, the LTB. So instead of the LTBP so, card, yeah. yeah, and these uh, uh, as means play on. So, <laughs> so everyone's looking at it. Play on, play on, LTBP. <laughs> um, so one of the unintended consequences uh, of this, I think, it could already be happening. Is one of the things we love about the the players that come from the Pacific Islands or whatever the term you're allowed to use is I don't know Islands in the Pacific Islands in the Pacific <laughs> well, I apologise if that's the wrong Islands of, of Pacific location. I know they're all different and unique and individual but I'm sorry I'm lumping them all whatever but we love like we we love that high explosive high impact game that they bring guys like Brian Lima had the nickname of the chiropractor for some of his monstrous hits in the past and and that's part of the culture it's part of the the genetics is part of the the way that they play and the skill sets that they have and, and i just worry that they're being disproportionately uh affected but by by this because you know th- that gabby lover lover balavu hit oh that was nonsense the other week yeah. I-, I wonder if that had been exactly the same but not as much of a wallop hit 
whether anything would have happened. So I'm not suggesting yeah. that there's anything racist yeah, going on here. Yeah. That's not what I mean, but it's just... If it wasn't so physical. If it wasn't so hot, if the tackles weren't such high impact, would would anyone care, even if they made contact in the same place? Mm. Mm. But anyway. Uh, Sale Sharks had, had a nice victory. Great, Notiz- great victory. Noticeable because Denny Salomona is only, I think he's the first ever player to get two first half hat tricks. Yeah. Of 17 that there's been in the Avicii Premiership since conception. Yep. Yeah, uh, and he's from- only been playing in it for two years. Yeah. Is that Stuart Farmer? He comes up with these things. The stat guy. Uh, Russ Petty is normally very good for this kind of thing. Yeah, it, it, it's one of the two. So go and check out those Twitter accounts because I'm, I need to give credit to someone. It's not mine. I've not gone through the, uh, <laughs> through the first off hat tricks. They did their, they did their best. Sale Shots did their best to, to throw it away. Yeah, um, standard. Northampton. It was a ter- it was a really bad second half by Sale. Really horrific first half by Northampton. Um, one little thing which I think with all the other stories going on, it won't get a lot of column inches but um, Sale Sharks have got form on this this has happened before uh oh what have we done uh, what have they done uh, <laughs> you heard that then edit what have we done <laughs> no you're not editing that out <laughs> you can't you can't erase you can't rewrite history um, one of the members of staff on the sidelines um, when in the dying minutes when Northampton were were trying to get back and they could have drawn level or got close at one point um, or even won it potentially one of the Sale Sharks members of staff threw a ball on when Northampton were trying to take a quick tap I, right. penalty. Uh, and we've spoke about this before. They've done we? it. Be- they've done what, it before. What, 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 what do we call them? Um, diamond geezers. Diamond oh, geezers. Diamond yeah, geezers. Yeah. 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 This is the thing that we spotted. Like, I so there's a band of them, and yeah. they are pretty irritating on 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 the sideline towards opposition players. I've seen it a, a few times actually. Mm-hmm. Um, Ooh, it's yeah. not a good look, that you know. Yeah. Wayne Barnes took his name and sent him to the stand. I bet I know exactly who it is. I think I know who it is as well, <laughs> and I haven't even seen a picture or seen the video. But yeah. I think I know who it is. Um, but it's yeah, they've got form on this. Yeah, and That's it's not a good look. It's not a good look. Uh, it was Stuart Stuart Farmer. You can uh, give credit to Stuart Farmer. What? Who threw the ball on the field? <laughs> and, uh, I Stuart knew Farmer. It. Stuart, Farmer race. Stuart Farmer has not thrown a ball on the field. Stuart Farmer is an excellent statistician. Oh right, yes, yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, they, they they won they won well, but there's a little uh, cloud hanging over it. Yeah, but it makes no difference it's, to the five the points. Is, though, right? So this goes back to booing. Do you know when you you know people go, oh don't 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 boo the kicker? It's it's disgusting, so on and so forth. Okay. If that's the culture of that nation, or if that's the culture <laughs> of that club, I have no problem with like the Welsh fans booing because that's what they do. And if all the English fans want to, it's all about. So if the sale culture is to heckle and throw balls, <laughs> that, you know, as long as they're true to themselves. Well, heckling's <laughs> heckling's one thing. Throwing a ball on the field so that the freak is another thing. Well, look, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. So now you're a fan of culture when it suits. I'm just saying, okay, <laughs> it's about club identity. And the more unique identities that, that we can have, <laughs> the better. Absolutely. Are the games better for a big character like Steve Diamond? And I'm sure this has nothing to do and doesn't reflect on Steve Diamond in any way, shape or form anyway. So I don't, know. Absolutely I don't know why yeah. I just brought him up. It, it absolutely doesn't. <laughs> um, Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. <laughs> right, so what are we doing next? Should we do uh, predictions for the Six Nations? I think, unless we've got any other news. Oh, that's one thing I did want to mention. Um, Semi Rodrada. Oh yeah, is going to be playing for Fiji. Excellent F- Fijian-born player. Uh, is played for Fiji in sevens. Has played for Fiji and Australia in rugby league. Interestingly, has he? Yeah. Oh Rodrada, sorry, Rodrada, Rodrada, who is playing his trade at Toulon as a, a wing or outside centre. He's been playing. He's a big, strong boy. He's absolutely stacked. And he's going to be playing for Fiji, yeah, which is you, excellent. What, what is it with rugby players at the minute? You type in Semi Redrada and pictures of him come up at all topless. Damn right. You've got, really? the, same, you've got the same search settings as me, I think, Tim. <laughs> he's a big unit. He's a massive unit. There's a picture of him, Nonu, uh, and a couple of the other boys in the gym in Toulon recently. He's enormous. Is he? Yeah. I didn't I didn't realise just how big he is. I think... Mm. Interesting. He's in tremendous shape as well. So he's opted to play for Fiji, and he has potential. And in, and in doing so, is putting uh, pride and national identity ahead of cash. Well, yeah. not in a, in a in a sort of rare case of no, that happening. Not so quickly, Timothy. Why is um, that? Well, because he's got eighteen months before World Cup. I think he's got a steroid ban in Australia. So he can't play for them and he can't play for France. So he just wants to go to the World Cup. Well, he could play. For, well, yeah, actually, yeah. He couldn't play for France yet because he's only yeah. been in Toulon for so, you know, six months or so. Short short career. I mean, I'm I'm not sure Semi Rodrada is the, you know, is the pinnacle of morals. Um, <laughs> I would, <laughs> you know, I, I, maybe he loves Fiji. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he wants to go to the World Cup. I don't really care. care uh, no, care I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't begrudge someone getting cash. I don't begrudge Nathan Hughes from earning 25 grand Maybe. a game. Rather than 200 quid a game or whatever it is, whatever the Fijians Yeah, that's got to stop, paid. hasn't it? It's ridiculous. Yeah, um, yeah and the other one was? Uh, the exceptional talent who's currently injured, who plays for Clermont, Alivaretti Raka. Oh, fantastic. Fiji have got the pair of them. That's such good news. Well, not, not as good news because uh, at the same time that the Fijian Rugby Union were calling for Radrada, they also made an offering to Alivaretti Raka and he's turned them down, presumably with the intention of playing for France, which is so. It's disappointing to see from his side. It will be fascinating because the start of this season he was the most explosive player in top fourteen and in European Champions Cup. Bloody hell! If he if France do not take him up and do not select him when they have the opportunity to. That would be a real test of their morals because they they made a big thing about this. Uh, Laporte, when he came in, he did six months or nine months ago. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think it'll be fair. Players. Sorry, I don't think think it'll be fair. 
In what way? Well, because Raka's really good. <laughs> that, that is a very compelling argument. Yeah. And I, I, I think that argument might actually win for the... Uh, I mean, he's really French, good. How French can Alexis. Laporte spin it? Let's help Laporte here. We can be his PR agency. How can we spin it? He's really good. He's, yeah. a good. he's a good boy. He works hard. No, but how can he How can he do it without having to admit that he's doing it? It was already... Um, he can... Um, uh, how long has he been in uh, France? How long has he been in France? Uh, so he's well, look, look. I had a lot of. Uh, so if I'm Laporte, I'm going to write. I've got a lot, on, a lot, on, a lot on my mind at the moment with the, all the corrupt, all, all the corruption in, in investigations, and quite frankly, <laughs> it just slipped past the radar. But now he's in. It'd be unfair of me yes, to deny this lad a yeah. chance to play to play for the country he loves and I love. So he joined the Clermont Academy in 2014. Uh, how old is he now? He's 25 now. Uh, so he joined when he was 19. Yeah. So they've... Yeah. He's been in France for four years. The country that he loves, obviously. There's got to be some kind of patriot- patriotism mm. thing. Can I ask, what's everyone's favourite stats to look up after after a game? Uh, I do like meters made and defenders beaten. Oh, do you? Is that just because of fancy rugby draft? or you actually... uh, No. Um... Well, it, I do find those two, as as a measure of individual player performance offensively, they're pretty good. My favourite stat of the lot yeah. is, is tackles made. I'm just aston- <laughs> astonished by some of the tackles made. Uh, and I'm, just, I'm just looking at sales t- t- tackles made. Um, Harrison, Ross Harrison, 23. Which is very good for a prop. Will Griff John twenty two. I mean, Josh Charles twenty four. It is impressive, know. but there, there, as ever with statistics, there are lies, damn lies, and statistics because you you never measure the quality. It's just a number. Yeah, and that could be someone coming on a pick and go diving at your feet, and you just push them down on the ground. Yeah, or it could be in the case when Jacques Berger had that game against Claremont and had 37, 36, yeah. 36, 37 tackles. Ross Harrison, they, they 20... were that was thirty six. Monstrous tackles that had a material effect on the game. I'm going to have face. a look at the other, on his face. Yeah, I have to have a look at the other stats because you know I like to compare them. But Ross Harrison made 23 tackles and missed zero. Ostrakov 23 missed zero. Um, Wilgriff John 22 missed zero. Strauss missed zero. Made 24. That's, Neil, that's, 21, that sounds zero. to me like a team that are picking and going. Yeah, like yeah. ah, it could do. Yeah, it really does. Exactly. Yeah, you're right there, mate. Just for. Uh, Semi Rodrada, there's a picture of him next to Mar Nonu. Whoa. Ooh, he's stacked, isn't he? Wow, he's a big boy. He is a big he is a big I'd big say unit. Good luck. Good luck to you, Jay. Okay, uh shall we do some um things for next week? Oh, Le- uh, Leon beat uh Toulon at home last night as well. Did they? Yeah. Fair so play. Leon are going great guns. When's so- uh, Fernsey back? Uh, is he good as not next for this season, season, I don't think. The mm. silver back. Ooh. Although if they make the playoffs they might want to bring him back. Yeah, because the playoffs, playoffs go, ready for that. Well, the playoffs go through to about uh, mid-August, don't they? August 2019. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they start the new season while the old one's still playing. If Eddie Jones had wanted a player to just come oh. be a ball-carrying option, blow out some rucks, oh. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. What have you done, Carl? What are you yeah. doing? Let, let's just let's just talk this through. So, Carl, what? No, he's just made, he's made a bad. I, I understand the call. He's made a great decision, but it's not a good. It's not a good call. It, <laughs> he, he will regret that, I think. 
Potentially, but just the money's so much better. The, the money's pretty good. Um, uh, yeah, but no. Nah. So let's let's just quickly talk this through. Billy Van, hypothetical: Billy Van Poler injured, Nathan Hughes injured, Sam Simmons gets injured. If and Nate, so, Nathan Hughes is not fit like he was last weekend, mm. but Carl Ferns is fit in the form that he was playing in last season where he oh, was... Oh, he plays. Where he was the top ball carrier in yeah. uh, the top 14. Does that deem exceptional circumstances for Eddie Jones to bring him in? Probably not when his name's Zach Mercer as an actual player in his squad. Yeah, Zach Mercer's... He's got him as an apprentice player, hasn't uh, he? In the last... No, no, probably. In the last squad, he, t- he took the Asterix off. Really? Mm. Interesting. Mm. But I would... I'd pick him. I Yeah. Zach Mercer is a very good broken field runner. They just do such different things. Yeah. Start with Cole Ferns, finish with Zach Mercer. That's yeah, a, that, that, oh, that's a good, that's a go. good combo. Oh, man, with a World Cup looming in the prime age, he's just... I, 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 know, I know him, I like him, and I understand he's made the financial decision for his family, and that's... I just... I can't help thinking that many years from now, when the money doesn't seem like such a big deal he's going to think back on that decision and regret it. Mm, you might be right. You may well be right. Possibly. Yeah, he's 28, 6 foot 3, 19 and a half stone. And he knocked out Kevin Henson. That's right. <laughs> uh, oh, and may, oh, can I make, can I tell that story? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 leave that one alone. He also made a current Eng- Eng- a current England player cry. But I'm not going to tell you. Who yeah, leave, leave that one alone. Ooh, interesting. Leave that one alone. Uh, fixtures for next week. Yeah, sh- shall we do what? Should we do a, a, a brief one when we know later in the week? Yeah, when we know the teams for the for the international game. But what uh, what we can do right now is Phil, Eddie Jones is. Oh, guess it, let, let's let's play guess the England back row. Yes, Eddie Jones gets some. Um, Eddie Jones suddenly catches your little illness you had the other week and yeah. says, "Phil, take over, pick the team." Yeah, what'd you do? Uh. If we're just talking back row, I would probably start uh, Rob Shaw, Sam Simmons as seven, Nathan Hughes as eight. Wow. That'd be my start. And I would drop... uh, It doesn't really matter which ones are the second row. I'd probably drop Laws to the bench and play Itoji and Launchbury. But I'd be happy with any combination of those second rows on the pitch. I would go with, if we're going to do back five, Rob Shaw at six, I think Nathan at eight, and Haskell at seven. And I would start with Laws and Itoji. Hmm. I, do you know what? I've had a thought about England captaincy as well. It would be mad to have a look at Courtney Laws. He's probably the best player in England at the moment. Has has he ever captained Northampton? Yes, he has. Has he? Mm-hmm. Not permanently. Good question. Don't know because because um, Har- Hartley's, Hartley's been, but Hartley never plays. Rob Shaw, Underhill, Hughes, okay. Uh, Launchbury, and Itoji with Laws to come on and make an impact off the bench. Yeah. Um, Simmons on the bench. Yeah. And I just make sure you commit numbers to the breakdown and smash it off the breakdown. But I go Underhill seven. The other decision for me is. Uh, 10, 12, 13. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I think... I think he'll keep it the same. 
I think I'll keep it the same. But I think I would probably keep it the same. I think I would. 24 out of 26 games, and they have been good, but I don't, you just need to... Oh. Let's not make this crisis a disaster. Yeah. No, the key, the key. I, I do have concerns about George Ford when he's not behind a, 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 dominant. a, a dominant pack. Yeah. I go Farrell, Tail. I, I'd like to see that. Yeah, Farrell and Tail. Yeah, I'd like to... So I, much more whiskey. I'd probably... I, I'd like to see that, but I th- he will keep it the same. And they yeah. have won 24 games. Yeah. Easy games, aren't they? There's only one, <laughs> there's only one hard game. I mean, the, which one of the hard games that they've won? And would you still go May, Watson, Brown? I, I think yes. da- I think Daly comes back in on for, the wing. For who? Daly for May. What I could actually see more likely is Daly coming in. Watson, Watson dropping to full to 15 back. and Brown dropping out. Mm, maybe. I but then I'd, Eddie Jones does like Mike Brown. And he, he's, and he's almost generally his, so solid. And he's, all, he's almost put his um, reputation on Mike Brown too. Yeah. I yeah. think Daly will start on the bench because he's not played in a while. Although we've got Noel as Noel well. Noel as well. Yeah. Noel at 13 is the other shout that everyone... No, no, no. I've seen it maybe once for Exeter. Ridiculous idea. Don't know. Do I'd much rather consider Tio at 13 or Daly at 13. Yeah. Not th- Noel at 13. It just makes no sense. Um, w- with an extra week's gap, it d- the hysteria around an England defeat does seem a bit nuts. Yeah. And I think Ben Kay actually had a great point on rugby tonight when he said, hold every on. Three, every three columnists, every three, all three co- columnists in the Times were talking about downfall 2018 as if it's a new thing. Uh, it was no, the- they weren't talking about downfall 2018. Oh, are you sure? You yeah, sure? are you taking right? They, they let's just hashtag? let's just remember no, and let's just remember <laughs> that the columnists don't write the headlines of the stories; they just write the copy. So, have you read the story, or have you just read headlines? Uh, I've read I've read the story. So, Stephen, so Steve uh, Delania wants uh, wants the captain gone. Yeah, okay, um, that's not downfall twenty eighteen. It pretty much is, mate. When you get rid of your captain, <laughs> it's pretty. pretty no, no. Much he, I, 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 so, so in which case, it's been downfall twenty eighteen for about three years. Well, that's fair because, um, yeah, because that is what Delaney has been saying. But it does sound m- much more negative. Like, oh, he's lost a game. We've got to go. Um, what's wrong with Mario Toji? Uh, I think that we've been saying that. Yep. Yeah, everyone's and been hi- highlighting for, that it's been fatigue happening. Fatigue is the very easy answer. Which is there. exactly what I said prior to Six Nations. And Stephen Jones, uh, Jones must make at least five changes to keep France at bay. That is downfall. I mean, if you're well, making five changes, that's downfall. Okay, well, I think we just dist- when we went round it, uh, I, I'd, I'd prefer to come back to the position I just got to. We we just chatted about the team and went. You could keep it the same, and we could maybe change a couple of players. Um, not. You you must change five to compete with France. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, do you know why I'm with you more than Stephen Jones? Is because just from a principle of building a team, if you come this far and yeah. everyone's fit, yeah, and you're dropping five, this isn't good. I mean, it's really, uh, if, really if bad. He, if he does drop, like genuinely drop five, yeah, then disaster. That is a disaster. That is, uh, we're we are on call for downfall. Yeah, 2018. Well, te- if, if he drops five, yeah. there's no way that Eddie Jones is going to no. drop five players. And Ben Kay's perspective on rugby tonight, I thought was great. Which was, hold on a minute. Uh, yeah, we lost to Scotland. Um, Scotland lost by lost to New Zealand by five points. They beat Australia in Australia and then beat them at Murrayfield. They got hammered by Wales. In they did, Wales, they did get hammered but, by Wales. But as he said, Scotland in Scotland are a, a match for anybody. 
and, well, they, and they and they got close to beating New Zealand. Yeah, but how about France and France? And this team just don't. This is what we've got to remember about England. Is it isn't about being a good international respectable team. I mean, that's what most Welsh fans would be happy with: a respectable international team that can upset a big name every now and again. That's what they want. England has got one goal to be the best team yeah. in the world, bar none. Yeah. Win a so, World Cup. Yeah, so it, it. It, we, they they can't be talking about hey Scotland and Scotland. It should be Scotland and Scotland get absolutely demolished, and then France and France no, absolutely demolished. They'll be disappointed they lost and, they, and that they didn't play well. But to talk about mm, panic. I, I, well, I'm, that's exactly what I'm saying. And they a huge overhaul. Yeah, I do, I, and they won't. Panic. To their credit, I, do, I don't think they will. But I think yeah. they, I think they could very well lose against France, and I think they will lose against Ireland. And then downfall is, well, let's hope downfall doesn't turn into free fall 2018. <laughs> I've got one more thing before we're done on this podcast. Yes, so, so we will do a, a a podcast once we know the teams for the side. I completely forgot to do this at the start. Oh, what are you got? I'm really annoyed. I've got something, so I'm going to find a, a, a way to give these away. But in the meantime, we can display them. In the in the dungeon, I've got Jackson Ray's boots. Wow! Wow! Why does Jackson Ray know? <laughs> Jackson Ray does know um, because if you look at this one, uh, the stud I don't the stud came out or snap and didn't snap off or anything. I think you yeah, could put another stud in. Screwed, yeah, yeah. But he basically went. Oh, I don't really want them. What you look about my? You look about size twelve. There you go. Uh, why don't you broadcasting them? That could be your thing. <laughs> broadcasting Jackson, Jackson Ray's boots. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, they can go on that table there. Oh wow, Jackson oh, cool. Ray's actual boots. Jackson Ray's actual boots can go on I that keep it, on that table in the dungeon. And this is from Sandy Park Dirt. From Sandy Park Dirt. Maybe we should, oh maybe we should get like little um maybe to make the dungeon complete we can get jam jars of dirt from each ground. <laughs> <laughs> we could just do that out your garden and ch- <laughs> put a bit of different colour in different... That was a bit sandy, wasn't it, from Sandy Park? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a good idea. Uh, what, uh, what, com- what composition can we run for Jackson Ray's boots? I'll, I'll think of one, but I just thought they'd look good there in the meantime. Hmm. Very Excellent. nice. Well, well, well then, Tim, they might be coming to training with me on, on Tuesday. What size is he? 12. Oh, no, they're not. That's too big for me. So, initial predictions, I just want one word, that is the team that's going to win. No justification, no qualification, no nothing, just the team that's going to win. Tim Cocker, Ireland, Scotland. In Scotland, yeah? In Ireland. In Ireland, oh, Ireland. 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 France, England. England. Get it on the board, France. I don't think that qualifies going on a board. England. <laughs> England. It doesn't. And Wales, Italy. Wales. 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 Wow. There we go. What a week in the rugby. And we'll see you in Madrid for it. Oh, my word. So excited. I can't so wait. So nervous. I can't wait for Madrid. It's so nervous. Such good fun. Watching, watching the Six Nations, watching Ireland, Scotland, then France, England, in O'Neill's... On the Saturday afternoon. I'm watching Spain, Germany and Wales, oh, Italy. Spain, Germany. I wish Hans Wild, the porn star, uh, the uh, yeah, yeah. billionaire rugby man, would release all of his players for that game just to make it a good spectacle. Uh, I, don't... I hope Spain crush them. Yeah. And I hope we get word that Romania lose yes. in Be- at Belgium or against Belgium and therefore Spain qualify for the Rugby World Cup whilst we're out there. Party time. Party oh time. Even bigger party time. Uh, it's a disaster, really, for us, because we've got a live show to do afterwards. It'd be great if you had the live show out of the way, and then it'd be party <laughs> time. 
Yeah, but the stupid Spanish licensing. Would there be... Um, the, well, um, there would be a pitch invasion if they qualify for the World Cup, wouldn't there? Well, we've got 250 people. We can do what we want. <laughs> we'll invade that pitch. We we'll don't invade it. Unlike like in Romania, that we were a significant chunk of the crowd. We won't be here. We, we will not be here, will we? No. Which is fantastic. We were certainly a significant chunk of the uh, VIP tent in Romania. <laughs> which which we drunk dry. I can't, yeah. yeah. Which we actually drunk dry. I can't, I can't wait to have my next room temperature jelly deal. Oh, those, those <laughs> sour jelly deals. Oh, oh, nothing I'd ever More. tasted. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Um, yeah, hit subscribe. You know the rest. Let the boys play. Let the boys play. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.